And it's recording. All right, great. Uh, hi, welcome to Already Cancelled with Finn. This is the first episode. And I'm already nervous. I have no idea what I'm saying. I, I'm just here. I see you laughing at me. <laughs> I was trying to laugh quietly, so I didn't use your, um, your introductions. I was laughing because I know how you feel. <laughs> but I am going, this is basically a show where I get to talk shit about shit. Um, I, it's like one of those shows where we just like, just the basic nobody talking about basic nobody shit, but we all have feelings about it. So like, we don't, so it's like, you know what I mean? We used to talk about things that it's where you, where you, people are like, why do you even care about that? Because I do. So let's talk shit about it now. Right. Like, you know, it's a lot of time. Remember when you were in school, you would hear your parents or your grandparents say, well, you know all them lyrics to them songs, but why don't you know all them math equations? I don't use math in my job now, so. But I do like to talk shit. Uh, that's all I do. That's all I've done. And lyrics um, are a great way to teach you how to talk shit. They really are, though. Okay, <laughs> they teach you how to talk shit. They teach you how to flirt. They teach you how to calm down somebody's dog. <laughs> Marlena is well. Marlena is my first guest. Marlena is my guest for today. But um, this is how this is me introducing the show. Already canceled. It's basically a show where I get to talk shit with people who I'm friends with that were crazy enough to allow themselves to be my friend. Why did you do this? You saw the you saw the hot mess that I am when you came in. Like when you saw me, when you first met me, you knew I was a hot mess. Why are you still friends with me? Answer me that. I, you know what? I don't even remember becoming friends with you. I feel like it just happened and it's all Kirby's fault. He's going to be blamed for a lot of shit throughout my life. I mean, he's the one that introduced us, and then here we are. And here we is. Um, so uh, I would just like to let everyone know, this is not a family show. Don't be bringing your kids in here listening to this show. But my family knows I'm already not shit. <laughs> and Marlena had to mute herself because of the puppy. <laughs> but... My family already knows that I am not shit. So at this point, like, this is not a family show, but my family, I'm sorry for everything that is, that you might be hearing and might not like. I'm sorry you didn't like it. Love you, though. I'm going to finish letting Marlena get her, get her puppy together. <laughs> I put her in her kennel. Um, and hopefully, hold on, she can see me, so that means she'll bark. Okay, I think we're good now. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what is she doing? Leave the, no, leave the mic on. I like her. Um, she has, since, since she got attacked, this has been happening more frequently, where she gets, like, super protective of a house. And so certain, it's certain people... And I haven't figured out, like, like common denominator. Certain people, she decides that, I don't like you. <laughs> and she barks. And then she'll bark for, like, 20 minutes after they've already left. As if to tell them, like, 
make sure you understand that I don't want you to come back over here. This my block. This <laughs> my block. <laughs> so I had to put her in her kennel. And then I have to put a blanket over it so she doesn't, like, see, because that helps keep her quiet. And now she's um, going through her phase where she backtalks me. Um, so I don't know if you can hear her, but that's, like, she's, like, oh. but yeah, we hear you. <laughs> that poor little puppy. That poor yeah, little we puppy. Can edit, we can edit this out. <laughs> I might. I might have to. I'll put it on a shirt. I don't know. <laughs> I'll put it on a shirt. You were talking. I heard a puppy. Life is going on, okay? Uh, um, yes, people, I was sh- kind of shirtless when we started because I had, like, showered and put on deodorant and let my body get, you know, some, some, let my upper body get some flow flow. So, anyway. Um, so, anyway, like, we're going to... Molly, to turn on your mic. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway... Uh, this is how the show's gonna go. So right now, I just wanted to talk to you real fast. Um, tell people who you are. Who you are? My bad. I didn't really introduce you. It's okay. We got distracted by the dog. I'm Marlena. Um, I am the founder of Electric Chatter, which is currently a Facebook group on um, a group on Facebook, and uh, we talk about all things TV, memes, uh, jokes, different shows that we enjoy, different shows that we hate. Um, we talk about serious subjects uh, related to television, non-serious subjects. Um, it's been a really, really great experience. This month marks a year that we've been in existence. Um, and then I hope later this year to start a podcast based on the Facebook group. Um, so that's, that's pretty much what I do. I mean, like I have a day job, but it's boring. So we we'll talk about it. Um, but yeah, so I'm just looking forward to us chit-chatting about fun stuff with the background music of my dog throwing a temper tantrum. Come Sinclair, come to providing that music, that muzak, that elevator music. Okay, <laughs> I like that. I like that. It's a little jazzy tune, you know, shake it up, right. shake it up. Right. There ain't no Billie Holiday, but you know, I can I can work with it. As long as she's on key. As long as it's on key. Okay, she knows she's black. Uh, <laughs> so, all right. So, like, first thing I wanted to talk to you about was the scandal that I just found out about yesterday. Like, the thing that I just found out about yesterday because of a post in Electric Shatter about a, uh, about a TV, sh- about an IG post about a TV show that so many people, especially within the black community, yeah, have been watching. So funny thing, I have not watched the last two episodes of the show because I wasn't ready for it to be over. Okay. So don't spoil it for me. <laughs> I'm not spoiling it. I'm not Which, spoiling you know, it. Talk about the content of the show for this discussion, but just as an FYI, um, Lovecraft Country. That show was amazing. I love it. However, do you want me to break the news or do you want to break the news? No, 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 you do it. Okay. So here I am scrolling through the Twitter feed yesterday. I'm just like, hmm, what's going on? And I hear, I not here, I see this tweet and I'm like, scandal, Lovecraft Country. Like, what? 
So I click on the link. It's an it's a link to an Instagram story, and um, I don't know the person who was doing the talking, but they share a TikTok video of this girl, <clears throat> and she's light skinned, um, very very light skinned, and like Denise Huxtable. Yes. To give her, to so, give her like a, a vision. Yeah. So um, she's talking about how when she was living in Atlanta, Georgia. She um, auditioned, sent in her um, information and her picture to uh, Lovecraft Country because they were looking for an extra. She's done like extra work before in in Atlanta, Georgia. Like you can be an extra zombie for Walking Dead, all that, all kinds of stuff. Anyway, so she gets the job. She shows up and she's got her own trailer. She's like, "Whoa, this is like crazy! I have my own trailer." So they get ready to do her hair and makeup, and there she goes. And they have her seated between two main cast members, Courtney B. Vance and Journey Journey Schmuck. Smollett. Journey, yeah. That Is one. it Smollett or Smollett? I don't, I don't know. I don't know, but I can't even say the word. So I say I say Smollett. I can't say give it, give it a little Junette Quan. <laughs> so she's like freaking out, like, holy shit. Like I'm sitting in between like two main characters, and like I'm just supposed to be an extra. And the reason why she was there was because they wanted to take a picture of her that was going to be put in a frame that another character was going to reference in one of the scenes. It wasn't even like she was going to have like a talking part, nothing. They were literally brought her there to snap a picture and keep it moving. So she's sitting there and she realizes that uh, someone, someone mentioned something about her skin tone not being dark enough for the character. And she's like, I wasn't, you know, really wasn't paying attention. Next thing you know, they have finished her makeup and Homie is now a dark-skinned black woman. Now, remember, I said this girl was like super light-skinned. Now Mm -hmm. she's a dark-skinned black woman to the point where they covered her hands too. Mm -hmm. So in the TikTok video, it shows like the scene where it gets referenced. And the thing is, she was darker than the character herself. Like the yes. character that she was supposed to be playing a younger version. She was of, darker than was her. Darker. And it's not the kind of dark where like I had a really good run at the beach this summer. Like I went every day and you, you know, you get a little bit darker. It was like two different types, two different people. Like it was, it was not even it was she was like it it was bad. It was, it was bad. So she's thinking to herself, like, this, they really just did all this in front of these two characters, like two actor actors that are main actors on the show. And this is, this is supposed to be a black ass show. Like you couldn't, you mean to tell us out of the, however many million black people there are in the, in, in Georgia, not even the world, not even America, but Georgia, Atlanta, and most of it in Atlanta. (laughs) Like, this is outside of Atlanta. Like, this is like, this is like right outside, like, this is where this is production, like, valley to me. Like, this is like, it's like all of those people out there who live in Atlanta, right there, that is the blackest city I've ever been to outside of New York and like even that's marginal because New York is like they ain't trying to let it be like that. Right. They're not so, trying. It's wild. So 
that's like the whole scandal is like you're supposed to have this black ass show that is covering all kinds of different topics that go on within the black community both past present and future with a dash of like um science you know science fiction fantasy type shit and you picked a light-skinned girl so you could paint her black to take for a photo that's the thing the biggest part was that it was such an unnecessary like you didn't have to even like point to the picture in the show like (laughs) it was not like we just like the camera panned it and it barely even like stopped on it like for like for more than like a second like and what killed me what killed me is we have to think about like this this is also a show the same show where they had a white uh, a black woman who could perform who could who had a done on her when she a took a dark post- skin black woman a dark skin not even just dark skin a thick dark skin black woman and turn her into a magical size nine white woman okay like okay so real quick i just want to segue for a second and i hope that like it's gonna sound how it's gonna sound i'm just gonna say it I had, I, the, one of the reasons why I had an issue with that whole thing was because they didn't even turn her into like a gorgeous white woman. They turned her into this like homely ass, like homely looking white woman. And it just made me think about how it, it set me on a path <laughs> of like how black men pick white women over black women all the time and many times the white women are homely and so like it's like and maybe that was maybe that was intentional let me stop before i go off on a rant because i'm about to go off on a rant yeah but no you know what's crazy you know what's crazy no what's crazy is that i had once i'm gonna tell you something and I don't tell this story to many people. You're about to tell it to whoever listens. <laughs> and like the only people who like remember it are the people who were around it or like were in like, you know, who was like there or like somebody read an article or saw a Facebook post about it, but it didn't get out too much. Mm-hmm. But I've seen blackface in person. I've seen blackface in person done by a light-skinned black person. Who? I don't know this bitch's name. Okay. And I don't mean bitches. I mean bitches in like, you know how I call anybody a bitch. Like, I mean bitches in like a, this bitch was a light-skinned black woman with like, if I'm correct, it was a fro at Afropunk. Afropunk. Like, were they just not in enough pain that day? They needed to, like, suffer or... What the fuck are you... It's Afropunk. Like, it's bad enough I'm at Afropunk and I predominantly only see white people in VIP. 
what did, did you know this person or you just saw I didn't them? know this person. I did not know this person. Did you say anything to them? Do you think I would have? Because I look, 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 look. I would whip my friend. And one of my friends just said, keep it moving, bitch. Keep it moving. Not today. Because they they were like, we is not we is not getting into a fight today. We is not we is out here to celebrate black joy and ignore the fuck shit. Mm-mm. I was not I, I, I just I think I think ultimately the reason why this is such a big deal is A because it is a big deal, but also this show from the get-go has really driven home the importance of like black art and black people having space to to be in genres that they've usually been shut out of so this fantasy sci-fi type shit that we don't really get to see a lot of like black shows in those genres on top of just like seeing the talent and the writing and it's just like the show represented such a huge like celebration of like black content and black art and just how how amazing the black community is especially when they pull together and 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 use all of their different gifts and to know that nobody was willing to what take the time to find someone that fit the description that actually like didn't need to be physically altered in order to do so it's just bullshit. And I haven't seen, I didn't look today, but I haven't seen anyone from the cast or the show respond to the I have not seen the at all. allegations or anything. I mean, it's not allegation. Like, it's the truth. Like, she showed us the it's, shit. It's, there's, yeah. nothing, there's nothing that needs to be disproven. But I just don't understand, like, why they haven't said anything yet. And it almost makes me wonder if, like the people that are the people that we're demanding answers from are not the people that were involved in that decision. Right. And if so, who was the person that was involved in that decision? What's their Twitter handle? And let's light their ass up on fire. And they should be fired. Honestly, yep. in my opinion, they should be fired without knowing any more contents, context than that. It's just, it's just crazy. It's disappointing and unfortunately, like, is it enough for people to stop watching? Like, are people going to not watch the show anymore? That I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I feel like, I, I feel like, I feel like for, I need a reaction before I can make a decision. Right. How are they, how are they going to handle it? Right. I need to know how they're going to handle it before mm-hmm. I can say this, this, and that. <clears throat> all I, <clears throat> all I have to say is that the apology better not have an if in it. We are sorry if this hurt anybody. There is no if. You We are sorry that we hurt. You actively contributed to an already on like an ongoing And it's not like nobody on that cast. It's like it's it's not like there's nobody in that in the crew. It's not like no one in the crew on the production didn't know any better. Because at this point it, we're looking at first of all with when they were like what it was 2019 when it was like probably wrapping up production and everything yeah. right so we're talking in the year 2019 that was around the same time we had a justin trudeau 
blackface incident, right? By that time, we had been talked to people about Halloween bullshit. We had been talked about yeah. talked about uh, uh, white people and dear white people. Yeah. Dear white people had talked about blackface. Dear white people happened because of the blackface thing. Okay? Like, I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it. I feel like, how are you gonna, how are you gonna not know this? So, y'all, like, knowing that they knew better, I need to know what their words are gonna be after. Because they had to have had this prepared. This is like one of those things where once we had this idea and we and we officially decide to go through with it, I'm going to run straight to my publicist and say, hey, this is the release that we got to have prepared for next year. Right. It, like, the only for them not responding already is for them to come to the table and say, here's what here's here's our apology here's our our steps of action that we've already started and here's what we're going to do for the future to do like a better job like they better have all their steps outlined because they've had a lot of time in the grand scheme of things social media wise they've had a lot of time to get their ducks in a row for uh some kind of formal apology at least an acknowledgement at the i mean Mm -hmm. we're not going to be happy with just an acknowledgement but i mean yeah like i feel like at the end of the day i think we just need to like they need to figure out what they're going to do and they like i like i said i can't i can't give my answer until they give me theirs. yeah because like we always we all everyone we normally reacts and decides after they've said something yeah Right. Nope, I agree. Um, did they are they confirmed for a season two? I don't know. Let me look it up. Um, as of February, it had not been officially renewed. Well, mm. well, there we go. We'll see how this goes. I feel like we're just not going to get a second season. Not, not at this point, especially now. Thanks to the panorama, and yeah. now this. I called it a pasta doble today. <laughs> Okay, passe doble. <laughs> the the Pinot Noir. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. So now, like, let, let, let's get into the nitty gritty. The real reason why I wanted to talk to you. Okay. Mm-hmm. The real reason why I wanted to talk to you is because you love TV. I love TV. We both watched it growing up, and I feel like I always want to talk to you about one show, but like we can't. But like. In an essence of talking about that one show, we already have to talk about the bullshit that came from the magic that was one and people thought was amazing in another world, right? Yep. And it's such a fuckery, but like, we all know every, I feel like, I feel like if you were raised in the United States, right, from the 90s up pretty much up until like the present, like you know about Friends. You know about Friends. You know, you have seen the show. Mm-hmm. That show with six people who lived in New York and living their weird, you know, late 20s, early 30s lives in a sitcom manner. I, I kind of prefer to call it Living Pringle. Living Pringle. I mean, it, fair. Um, 
because like most black people in America, I would, I would like to say, I feel like most black people in America, please keep in mind that I rarely give real statistics. So like feelings are facts right now. percent. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, there is no actual data to back that up. However, my heart says, so it's my heart feels. My heart. Okay. There's no research done on this show. It is, well, there's not research done on this show. We have probably studied this shit prior to this, either in school or at work or something. But we had never, like, we had never, like, you know, decided to always know that exact statistic in our head forever. But the thing is, most Black people in America have either heard of or seen Living Single. Right. And Living Single was the blueprint. And it gave us Queen Latifah. It was about six friends living in a building. Well, five of them living in the building, and then one of them lived across the street and never went home. (laughs) (laughs) like It was about, like, four women, two dudes, just getting through life in New York City as Black people enjoying life. These were like, these were like the positive, good, you know, good job. A lot of fun, a lot of um, uh, very educated in their own ways kind of Black folks. And like, are you drinking a White Claw? I'm trying it for the first time. I'm over here talking about I'm over here talking about <laughs> black excellence, which is living single. And you, I mean, I was babbling, but you gave us a white claw. Not only that, but like while you were doing that, I was in the middle of getting my groceries delivered. <laughs> you are so you're getting white claw delivered to your house in Florida. Like there are so many levels of this. Your face. Why do people cool. like this shit? This show is not sponsored by White Claw. It probably never will be now. Really? But I heard, I think, the pomegranate or a raspberry one that people love. Well, I got the variety pack. The lime tastes like citrus ass. Okay. So what I'm imagining a LaCroix with, with alcohol No, don't be talking shit about LaCroix, okay? The I'm hibiscus sorry. LaCroix is perfection. You got... Did you... No. No. I feel like people who like LaCroix think that, like, Cajun spices are, like, a kit. But it's not even, like, pepper. One piece of a pepper is Cajun. I disagree with you. With a flavor. It is, like, 3.3% of flavor. What what flavor LaCroix have you had? I don't know because they all taste, like, bland ass to me. If we ever meet each other, I'm going to have you drink a hibiscus LaCroix. And if you don't like it, then we can come back to this conversation and I'll let you drag me. I will say for the listeners out there, the natural lime white claw tastes like ass with a lime in it. (laughs) I'm going to have to figure out how to edit that part out. (laughs) Okay. We don't need to edit it. It's just a true review. A true review. Yes. A true review. Not sponsored. Um, But that sounds like a great name for like a great show. A true review. Yes. I Uh, like it. Anyway, I'm sorry. Continue on. But anyway, so like Living Single 
Okay, I, and one of the, my main thing about talking about it is Living Single is a black-ass show with an all-black cast, right? But they had so many white walk-ons, extras, uh, guests, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Look, Dean Cain was on that show. Do you know Dean Cain was Superman at that time? Okay, see, I thought that's who you were talking about, but I was about to Google because I was confused. Dean Cain was Superman during that time. And you know, America, during whoever is playing Superman during that decade, is their Superman. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, like, Dean Cain was our Superman for a good while. And, like, he was on Living Single. Honestly, because I, I watched Living Single when I was younger, but I'm not sure if I watched it when it was out or if I was watching reruns because I just don't remember. But last year for Black History Month, I watched it in its entirety from start to finish. I think probably like the first time ever. And as I was watching it, I was like, damn, so many of these people that are coming as like extras or guest stars are such huge actors and actresses or musical talent nowadays. Yeah. Like they really had a lot of like, just like good quality actors on that show. They had Gilbert Godfrey. Gilbert Godfrey. I don't know people about their real names, man. Gilbert Godfrey is the guy with the voice. That loud voice. Oh yeah. Gilbert He's Godfrey. Only 66. Okay. He's still young. But again, they had a lot of non-black guests on that show, right? Yeah. And it was interesting. And then you go to Friends. And here's my issue with Friends. How are you going to be in New York, in New York City, in the 90s and early 2000s and have no niggas? People have done, like, deep diving research on it. There There have been articles written on this shit about the deep diving of, like, there were no niggas. There wasn't even a token. Not even a token. You could get away with it back then. You didn't even have a token. And you want to know what somebody asked me the other day? Because Living Single only got five seasons and Friends got ten. Right. And somebody said to me, well, do you think they had enough rating for Living Single? I'm like, of course they didn't have as much rating for Living Single as they did Friends. They only had five seasons. Well, and I think, too, there was, like, some drama... Right. Behind the scenes on Living Single that yeah, led to its demise. Oh, we all know. We all know. But it only had five seasons. So, of course, it didn't have as many. Um, and it was a black show in the United States. Middle America isn't black at that time, especially that time. Like, Middle America, but that's who's mainly watching the shows. That's who's mainly watching TV. And that's who they, they're. They they're based their data on, so yeah, Living Single only got five seasons. But you have to think about it: black people are only what thirteen percent of the population in the United States. So yeah, we're low. We're in the teens. I thought we were higher now. I last I remember white people. Like, white people have stopped re- reproducing as much as minorities. But you have to remember they're the majority, right? Um, that's Middle America. Because usually Middle America, where the majority lives, isn't, you know, really Black people. Yeah. A lot of Black people live in spaces where they can find jobs. So I'm going to out myself here. 
So I watched, I didn't watch Friends in its entirety and I didn't watch it from the beginning, but there was a few, um, there was like a couple seasons that I did watch like religiously. And I, it was around the time that uh, Ross and Rachel were dating and Phoebe was pregnant and Chandler and Monica were either married or like getting married or some shit like that. And I watched it because it came on, I think it came on the same night as Will and Grace and I was watching Will and Grace at that time. <laughs> um, and I remember like, there were some, I remember thinking it was funny, but I never understood people's obsession with the show. Like, like when they were, when the last season was airing, I think for the last episode, companies were paying the same price that they would pay for a Super Bowl commercial to be, to have their commercial aired during the last episode of Friends. Yeah, it was like a major event. I remember my grandmother used to get the Inquirer. You remember the Inquirer? Yeah. She used to get that in the mail every week. My grandmother loved her some trashy scandals, okay? I wonder where you get it from. And... The Inquirer was the thing. And I remember my grandmother making such a big deal in the house about watching the last episode of Friends. Mind you, I had never seen her watch it. It was just it was in the Inquirer that she was like, let me watch it. Let me, yeah. Because this is the woman who only watched her Lifetime stories, The Wheel of Fortune, Jeopardy, and um, whatever was on telly during dinner time. Okay. So basically your grandmother and my mother are the same person. Got it. Oh, my God. It, oh, my God. But Friends, like, okay, so, uh, all right, let's just jump into it. I, so, this is from some guy named Ken Fishkin, right? Ken Fishkin, he, he gave a list of three of the Black characters that they did have in there. Actors that played them, like their name. The first one is Aisha Tyler. And if you remember Aisha Tyler, she played Charlie. She was Ross's girlfriend for a minute. Yes, and she's also on Criminal Minds. Okay, okay. Um, She was also, she also played the voice of Archer's girlfriend in Archer. Okay. Okay. Um, And then Phil Lewis. He was in three episodes. Phil Lewis. You know if you've seen The Sweet Life from Zack and Cody. Yep, I recognize him. He asked London Tipkin what a Prindle was. His wife's white. I'm all for interracial love. You know, I'm all for love. Whatever. Like, you love, you love, you love, you do you. But then you got Monique Edwards. Now, that's a name I did not know. And um, so I went to her IMDb. And she's oh, okay. been in... Huh? Okay, I don't recognize her. She'd been like, she was the producer um, on How I Met Your Mother at one point, or it said producer. Uh, she did the, she was in The Foster, she was in Rizzoli and Isle, uh, iCarly, and she was a bank teller in The Social Network. It's like, we've seen her face in things, we just didn't know. Mm-hmm. But like, I'm glad friends did that, but like, What's interesting to me is that they're all dark-skinned Black people. Right. Like, that makes it even weird. Yeah. It's like, it's like one of those things, like, we can't be mad, but we are 
for a good no, like, reason. Power, more power to him. I don't mean that, like, oh my gosh, it's dark-skinned people. But it just seems odd that in a show that really never wanted to give a a recurring or main character role to a black person that when they did choose to have a black person in some type of role, they were all dark skinned black people. Right. And I don't think I'm going to be real. I can show already... like, I show like that. I would think like they would have picked like the typical mixed girl. Right. Okay. When I talk about friends, I always think about fucking Courtney Cox because she's Courtney Cox. And at that, and at one point in time, she was Courtney Cox. Arquette. Uh, she had another show called Cougar Town. Yep. And in Cougar Town, there were no black people except for that one black guy. No, two. There was one black guy was her son's roommate, and then the other one was the black guy that was dating um Busy Phillips' character. Now here's the issue I have with that. They made a lot of like I've never been with a black guy kind of talk. And really talking about his, like, his skin tone as, like, you know, overtly sexual, like it was a fetish. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, ooh, Courtney Cox, you're the producer, you're a producer on this show. Why would you allow this? Yeah, I don't know. I feel like, I, I wonder now, too, like, if that show came out today, would it be as successful as it was? With an all-white cast? Yeah. On network television, yeah. On a streaming platform, maybe the, the the pennies in the air. But if it was on network television, because who still watches network television in middle America? And that is still mostly white people. Yeah. And you don't need the ratings from a minority if you're getting ratings from the majority. Right. I don't... See, I came in here, I told you, this is not going to be no... I argue like a hotel, but I'm not a hotel. I'm the opposite. I'm the anti-sup. You're a fentep. I'm a fentep. Actually, I'm a Joe-tep. I am a Joe-tep. Give me... Look, Joe is all about you. Okay? Joe is that man. He gonna love you. He gonna be there for you. Maybe in a creepy way. He might show up at every moment before you even called him and tell him that you needed him. Because he already witnessed it by looking through a telescope from a mile away. Because his back window faces your back window. He chose the perfect apartment. He chose the perfect place to work at. I'm going to be real. I I did not... I'm, I'm not trying to go in this. Look, I never believe in stereotypes, okay? I've never believed in queer stereotypes. I don't believe in what it makes a man and what doesn't make a man and all that shit. Like, like fuck that shit, throw it out the window. You know what I'm saying? But the brother who died, I don't remember his name. In Friends? No. And you. Oh. My brain yeah. still went. The, yeah. the brother who died. Yes. I half expected him to try to have sex with Joe. I half expected it. Mm, I don't think I got that. How did we get here? <laughs> I'm high. <laughs> And I was angry about friends, but now I'm not as angry about friends. Because you're thinking about brothers who died that might have wanted to have sex with their sister's boyfriend? I mean, when you say it like that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not mad about it. I'm not as mad about friends as I was before. Also, I cannot wait for season three of you. 
Same. Same. But like, friends, friends, I'm not as mad about it as I thought I could be or as I thought I should be. What changed in between Puffs? The dark-skinned characters having more than one episode. Okay. That changed me a little bit. I mean, I'm still mad. Don't get me wrong. I feel like it was probably like a pressure, like, well, we have to have black people on at some point. You know what I'm saying? But. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think the part that makes me mad is more mad about the whole situation is that they whitewashed. They intentionally created a whitewashed version of Living Single because it had great success and they wanted to market it for white people. Exactly. And that is what I just... that like it doesn't matter if they had a black character or not. They stole something from black people much like happens all the time and made bank on it. Yeah. And didn't they admit that they stole it like a few years ago? I think so. Or like they they chose their words carefully. Right. And like not for nothing, white Hollywood, white white America had built itself on the backs of, like, predominantly black women. Yep. Especially in entertainment. Mm-hmm. And it's fucky. Like, my grandfather once said to me, watch how you see, pay attention to how many fat black women you see in the show that look homely and not ever have, like, a, a partner partner. Yep. He was like, that's what they think of fat black women. And I'm like, what the fuck did you just tell me? Yep. No, it's true. I mean, um, what show was I thinking about that had a black woman who was healthy and they had her dressed like so crappy? I mean, there's a ton of them out there, but I was thinking of one specifically and I can't remember what it is. Hmm. But... Now I'm going to be mad because I'll remember it as soon as we hang up. Anyway, so now that, like, I mean, but here we are. So let's move on to the next one because, like, my brain is already fucked. Okay. All right. So the next part is I wanted to talk to you about was something heavy. And I'm because I like talking about race with you. I like talking about race with you because we have a lot of the same experiences. You know what I'm saying? But like yeah. not not well maybe not experience is the right word, but we've been like emotionally and mentally in those like in those same faces. Yeah. I get right? that. Um like one thing I love talking about with you is like your your coming into your black identity. Yep. Because I know that like I'm still coming into mine. Um, I mean, obviously, we're at different, you know, versions of it and different outcomes and avenues of what we're doing as people separately. Yeah. But, like, I mean, I'm still coming into it, and I feel like I, and, like, I never fully, I don't feel like I was ever, I feel like I got immersed in it. I didn't get nurtured. That makes sense. I get that. Right. Like, what, like, where are you at with your Black identity? Um, I don't really know how to quantify it. Um, I currently am trying to, uh, as far as, like, 
so I make sure that I follow more um, as far as social media goes, that there's a lot more black, black content that comes to my feed than white um, because there's so much that I missed out on growing up. So I try to like get that information through that and then just, you know, catching up on like history, you know, which a lot of black people, we don't know our history because it's not taught in schools. So for some of us, I'm at the same place as someone who grew up in a predominantly black um, environment. But uh, I think the most growth that I experience is really through my family, my two sisters, because they grew up <clears throat> in um, the black community, like surrounded, like back home, you see white people every so often, but you see black people every single day. So being able to like having connected with them and having constantly like working on growing our relationship, I I get a lot of that through them. And it's also helpful because it's like wrapped up in like family identity since we didn't grow up together. So it's nice to have where you said like you feel like you got immersed in it, not nurtured. I think that I'm I'm getting nurtured in the sense that we are strengthening our family bond while also like I'm learning so much more about a side of myself that I never really got to um, <clears throat> in like engage with. So it's like a day by day thing, but I think I still have so much work to do in the sense of there's a lot of stuff that I have rooted in my brain that's rooted in like white supremacy and just like, I, I call it accidental self-hatred because there's certain things that like you, I don't like about myself. And when I really sit down, sit down and think about it, it's because I didn't see that growing up. Right. You know what I mean? I think you and I kind of talked about like as simple as like body types, you yep. know what I mean? Where I grew up, there wasn't really a lot of people with my body type. So I grew up hating my body type, but depending on where I'm at in the country or even in the state or who I swipe right on on Tinder depends on if my body type is celebrated or not. So it's just like different things like that, that I'm still working through on. Why don't I like this about myself? Where does that come from? And realizing like, oh, this is because I grew up seeing skinny little white girls wearing Aeropostale. And I can never fit in that. I hate, <laughs> look, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. You know, I've always hated Aeropostale, and it was always in my mind it was Aeropostale. <clears throat> like, give it a little French flair, like, fuck you. Yeah. Like, it was like, you know, like, it felt snooty in a way, and like, um, I don't know, it's like, I remember like, I was always wearing, like, black. I shopped at Spencer's, okay? Mm -hmm. Shopped at Hot Topic. But, like, also, that also came in part of, like, me finding my identity as a Black person before, you know, after going through that thing. Like, right. I don't know, it's like, I get it, because, like, I mean, I always had Black family members. They always knew I was Black, you know what I mean? In an essence, right? Yeah. But I went to predominantly white schools. I lived in predominantly white neighborhood. I, um, you know, or I, you know, or... I mostly only saw like the blacker, like the darker side of my family. 
Because like I would I grew up being in the darkest person in my household. Like my grandparents are like my grandfather, my great grandfather was white. My great grandmother, people thought she was like a light skinned, um, like a light skinned uh Latinx person. Right? They didn't think she was black at all. Like they didn't think um they they they, they didn't so they they never thought I was blood related to them. Yeah. Right. And like my grandmother would uh, you know make comments about being dark and you know I shouldn't stay out in the sun too long or blah blah blah. Um, and like living in that world, like I always had white friends. You know, I always dated white guys and white girls and anyone else in between. Um, and like, I remember the first time I ever dated a black guy, it was because he reminded me of myself, like personality wise, like background wise, because like he was also very well, he went to a, you know, a charter school that was predominantly white and he was very, um, he, the best I can say it is. He knew, he watched Secret Life of the American Teenager as much as I did. <laughs> Every week. You know what I'm saying? And like, you put the two of us together, it was like a bad combination, like dating-wise. Like, we clashed a lot. I feel like we were the same person, but like on opposite ends of the spectrum. Um, And so, uh, no, seriously, like, I thought, like, like, I feel like if we were in a movie, I'd be the protagonist and he'd be the villain. Yeah. But then it would turn out to be, like, I'm really the villain after <clears> I destroy <throat> him. You know? Like, that'd yeah. be a weird movie, but... Mwaha. But, like... I Like, it, it's weird because, like, when I... I... The best way to say it is... It took a long time for me to figure out that I was not ugly, that I just, it was just that I wasn't white. Yep. Yep. No. And that's where it messes us up. Yeah, so that's where that's that's really one of the things that I've come to learn in the last couple of years is that I never really thought that it mattered like what I saw on television and, you know, like magazines and stuff like that. But as I learn more about myself and I, and I realize that there are really good things about me that I never thought were good, I realize that that is a reflection of what I saw. So always being in predominantly white environments really did impact how I saw myself. Mm -hmm. And that's a, like a lot of work to do when you're 30 years old to unpack that. Yeah. And it's also a lot of, and one of the things I wanted to, to bring up is the same way that we don't like when white people ask us for emotional labor is the same way that I think that people who are trying to get in touch with their black side or with their blackness, um, I think sometimes we have a tendency to expect the black community to welcome us with open arms and to say, here, let me teach you everything. And 
we, I think there's certain people in my life that I know that if I don't understand a cultural reference or I want to know more about something that I can go and ask them a question and that they'll answer it. But many times they're answering it either because they love me or because that's like a thing that they like to do. They love to talk about or teach about things. But on a just general basis, there's so much content out there that can be consumed and understood that you have to be careful when you're kind of on that path that you're not asking people to do emotional labor for you because I'm not a child. I'm not dependent on information from other people. I'm dependent on me to get that information for me. Right. And so I had to learn that and I'm still learning that because sometimes I do ask questions and I realize that person really doesn't owe me that. Um, And I also had to be okay with knowing that there are people out there that are going to like make fun of me or they're going to do the whole like, oh, I can't believe you don't know that. I don't. I had to be okay with like that because I used to get like super offended when people would do that. Um, <laughs> but at the end of the day, I, I am who I am and I came from where I came from and I'm working towards being able to laugh at different cultural references that I didn't even know about six months ago, a year ago, whatever. I mean, so- no, I get it. I I get it. Like, one thing I always have to remember is that, like, it's funny that you said, you know, the Black community, op- op- like, you know, opened their arms up to you as you came in. For me, it was like, if it wasn't my family, I didn't expect that because I had been so rejected by the Black community that that I wasn't related to for so long that I didn't, you know, I didn't turn to the Black community right away. Um, I mean, it was slow going for me. What happened was, it's like, one day I woke up and realized, like, I need to I need to get away from only being surrounded by people who don't look like me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. Um I mean don't get me wrong, there were always black people in and out of my life growing up at some point. Like I might have had like one or two black friends at school or who lived, you know, somewhere in the neighborhood, but like not we weren't like, you know, as tight as we could be. You know what I'm saying? It's not like, you know, um it's not like they taught me everything like i like for me like it's weird like i remember i kind of compared to like i used to run home you know when you get out of school like in high school like you would run home and like watch trl right there's i would run home and watch trl there were other people who went home and watched 106 and park right and i've never seen a single episode of 106 and park in my life Oh, really? I, I watched it for a little bit. It was good. Like, all I know is that apparently Lil Bow Wow was on it at one point? Uh, towards the end, yeah. And Trey Song. That, that's the best I can tell you. Um, yeah, so I definitely get that. And I, I think that there even, I think that there are people that are, would say that they're very rooted in their blackness that probably watch TRL instead of 106 in Park 
So it's, I think that's the other thing is like, there's not, there's not just one way to be black. Yeah, you know what I mean? Really not. And, and I think that there's like a stereotype in a sense that there is only one way to be black. But then when I get into black spaces and someone shares a meme about their love of Paramore or like different things, you realize that some of the things that I love, I may love because I was introduced to it by like a white person or, but it's also still something that I can relate to, to someone who's black. Um, I will say this, being that you said something like, okay, I'm going to say something and it's going to sound terrible. Okay. There was a point in my life where I did not like Beyonce. Same. Um, I wouldn't say I didn't like. I just wasn't as obsessed. That's that's what it is. I think that's what it is because, like, during that time, like, yeah, I still had some Beyonce songs that I could jam to. You know what I'm saying? Like, Irreplaceable was on my phone. Right. It was on my, I, it was on my I, MP3 player. It was on the iPod I finally bought. Like. Yeah. I own every album and I bought those albums when they came out. So I would say that I, I loved her, but I wasn't always like as obsessed with, as her, with her as other, as a lot of other people are. Right. And that's fair. Um, but the issue was that every non people who were not black were the reason I didn't like Beyonce at a certain point. Because I was taught that she was doing too much. And that she wasn't... Um, I feel like that's so weird because like, cause they white said, like, people she, love Lady Gaga. And I think that she Lady Gaga went through a period of time where she was actually doing... Purposely. With, without I mean, even a question. She wore, she wore a meat suit. meat suit to an award show. She and had Cher hand her an award while she was wearing a meat suit. That was the moment that I knew that, like, these people can get away with anything when they're a celebrity. Like, when you're a celebrity, you can get away with anything. Yeah. Because um, if you do that, like, imagine trying to do that when you're walking down, like, like a Main Street, USA. No. No, I'm not walking down Main Street, USA, wearing a meat suit. There are dogs out here, okay? There are people out here. There are flies. But then, like, like I didn't learn, like, hip-hop culture, what has now become more more mainstream than it used to be. But, like, I didn't know that stuff. Like, the best way I can, the best I knew was, like, oldies. Like, I knew Motown music because it was always in the house. Yeah. But that was really it. Yeah. I think my sister makes fun of me. She's like, anytime we're in the car together, she's like, this sounds like a now 27 CD of rap music. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> and I can't even, like, be mad about it because it's true. Um, gosh. I think that there, I think one thing is that, like, there's just so much to learn and so much to understand. And, you know, 
I think that for anybody continuing to learn about your history and your culture is an ongoing effort in the black community because it's so broad and it touches so many things and it permeates through so many other cultures. And, and so I think that like, I'll forever be learning. Yeah. But I definitely um, went through a phase where I felt, this is going to sound weird, that I felt like I, I was, I wasn't enough or I didn't know enough to be able to like say I'm black, but like at the end of the day, I'm black. That's all that, you know, and that wasn't like for, I think that was more so just because of the spaces I grew up in that I had to like, you know, get over that. And I have to say my sisters, I love them to death and they really like, they really like helped me get to where I am today as well as like social media and stuff. I think that once I realized that I like, I, I had this like fear of like jumping in and being like, okay, this is like, I'm not saying how, what I want to say, how, how I need to say it, but I think that once you make the decision to be like, okay, this is who I am and I'm proud of it. And even though I don't know shit, I'm going to claim it and I'm going to walk into it and I'm going to learn everything I can about it. And I'm going to continue to learn everything I can about it and advocate and, and all of that, you know, that comes with it. And you take off the, I think you'll get this one. Once you do that and you take off the like fake, um, or like the blinders that you have on that like stop you from remembering that you're black and so so to speak or stop you from remembering that you're not protected in whiteness um it really does just kind of like the gates the gates flood open or the floodgates open what's the saying i think it's floodgates open yeah i'm on a tangent i don't make sense but the point i'm trying to make i mean i've never made sense in my life look at where we are well, no, because I don't want this to come across like, I don't want it to come across like we're like, oh, woe is me. We grew up in white spaces and we didn't. No, because like, I'll, I'll be real. I'll be real. I'll be completely honest. I'm glad of the upbringing that I had because I grew up in a very diverse family. Well, like I grew up in a very diverse family. There are there's Italian, Puerto Rican, you know, American Black, um, international Black, like because yeah. The diaspora is different. There's so many of us in the diaspora, and like we don't, we always, we often forget. You know what I'm saying? Like a lot of us will, like, will advocate, but we also, and and we should advocate. Don't get me wrong, but like we also sometimes forget that like we all grow up very differently within, right. even in the United well, States. I think for me, I think that's where we're different because for me, it feels more of a loss to me. Because my dad, you know, my, I've, told, I've talked about this before, but my dad went to jail when I was five. So I know had my dad not gone to jail, I would be a very different person than what yeah. I am today. And yeah. that's, not a, that's not a discount to my mom or anything at all, because my mom is amazing. But there's something to be said about having 
a having your dad around and having an active, you know, black parent in your life. So I know that I would, I know that I would be a different person today. And I know that I would have completely different viewpoints because I would have also had a lot of exposure to the, you know, black culture and the black community. So for me, missing out on all those things is it's more of a loss than it is. I, I, I would say if I could, if I could relive my life over again and have my dad, I would go shoot for that in a heartbeat because then I feel like I would really have like a full understanding of like both sides of my, of my DNA. So, you know, you know, it's crazy. It's like, so could my dad died when I was like three, like I didn't know my dad, he died. Right. Um, and it's funny, like, it's like, you know, you know, that whole it takes a village to raise a child thing. Like it really, like my grandparents always managed to provide me with amazing adults in my life. Right. Like every adult, black, white, um, Latinx, like that was in my life growing up, they were so amazing and they taught me so much and I got to learn from them. But I don't, I'm going to say it like this. It's like, had my, like, had my dad been alive, like, I know I'd be a completely different person. Right. I know I would be completely different, but I don't think I would have traded having my, knowing that it's what it's like having my grandparents for my dad, that I didn't know what it was like. Yeah, I think I would. And and I have to say this real quick. I'm not saying all this because my mom is here, because I would say it regardless if my mom was here or not. Um, but like, I just want to reiterate, like my mom is an amazing person. My mom's an amazing mom. And so I don't want this to sound like, oh, I can't, I, I hated how I was raised. I don't want it to come across like that. But for me, if I could, if someone said, would you like a do-over? and your father would be around, I would definitely say, yes, I want the do-over. Right. Because my dad was a very active parent, and Mm -hmm. he's still an active parent, and so I would want to have that experience. Right. So when I'm out here learning about myself and learning, you know, immersing myself in Black culture and, and, um, it's kind of bittersweet because I know that I would, so much of this is stuff that I would have, I would have known growing up because I had my dad around. Right. Um, I, you know what's crazy? It's like my, my mom, my mom, dad, actually, yeah, my mom, dad, my grandpa is an amazing dude, right? He's like very pro-black. He has Malcolm X on his wall. Like, he's that guy. He got Kente Claus in the house, and you're like, this is very grand. Like, he knows where to buy the oil at on the street. He knows the exact vendor at the exact corner, and that nigga been there for 45 years. Yeah. Okay? Um, And for me, like, I love that because, like, I, I got immersed really young. Like, the day I left the house to go to college, like, I was 17 years old my freshman year of college, right? 
Mm-hmm. I came home for fall break and I bought a dash and I and I owned a dashiki. Like you know those stories of like don't let your kids go no play ball they all black because they're gonna come home with dashiki and an afro. I did. I did. And I got a most real I got a most younger than a lot of people who didn't get to grow up in like, you know, a predominantly black environment. Yeah. Like and I was so happy about it. I was like, oh shit, teach me everything. But that was the first time I also found uh black people who were um more my tribe. Yeah. Because a lot of them, you know, they grew up in the suburbs and they were nerdy and they were they, you know, they like Tegan and Sarah and they like, you know, playing um like playing Mortal Kombat and they were listening to Kill Whitney Dead. And if you were listening to Kill Whitney Dead, we could have definitely been friends at that time, okay? <laughs> I've never heard of that before. <laughs> have you heard of I Set My Friends on Fire? No. Oh my god, I Set My Friends on Fire has a song called Limed with Orange. And you know nothing rhymes with orange. Okay. It is amazing. Alright. It I'll is amazing. They also have a song. I'll check it out. They also have a song called um, Sex Ed Rocks. And it talks about sex ed. Okay. And there's a lot of screaming. But, like, these were the things I listened to growing up. And this was the world I was in, right? And then I get immersed in blackness my freshman year of college. Surprisingly enough, most of my friends in college were black, except for, like, two people, right? Maybe, I think, two or three. But I had a white roommate. Everyone else I knew was black. And I had a white roommate. I think I was just sitting here thinking about this, so I'm going to say it. <clears throat> and he was, like, racist. He was borderline racist. I think that's why I became so pro-Black, because I had finally lived with a racist. Oh, my gosh. And once you live with a racist, it all goes out the window. You are no longer... Look, I, you, there was only two paths you can go on when you live with a racist. You can either go down Candace Owens' way, or you can come out being pro-black as fuck. And I was not trying to be nobody Candace Owen, even though I went through some bad hair fade. Oh my gosh. So I'm going to segue a little bit before I forget this thought. I was just thinking to myself, I think if there's anybody listening to the podcast that, well, A, if there's anybody listening, but also B, if there's is any- there anybody listening, because like <laughs> B- this is episode one, I already know episode one. <laughs> be like what are these guys doing um i might not give them another listen and then i'm gonna right. post the link and then they're like fine i'll try again <laughs> so a if there's anybody listening and b if there's anybody listening that it has ex- experienced or going through the same experience that we've been talking about i think there's like several things that like you have to know or be secure in so like a it's hard but it's worth it B, you don't know what you don't know, but once you realize that you don't know, you have to take responsibility and ownership for t- for learning about it. Yeah. And um, making sure that you enter spaces like online, social media, whatever, and surround yourself by like, black content so a lot of the facebook groups that i'm in i'm in a facebook group for people that love 
animals. It's only for black women. Woo! Because let me so, tell you, because let me tell you, that's a whole nother story. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like I'm, I make sure that I'm in spaces that I can absorb information and I can learn from that don't require another person to do emotional labor for me. Right. You know what I mean? Um, I try to make it's not sure their that- job. It's not, you know, right. what's funny. You know, what's funny. Sorry to interrupt you, but I have to say it like this. I was raised in a black household until I was four years old. So I was in a black world until I was four. And then I moved in with my grandparents. So from like age five up, I I was no longer surrounded by black people. Right. I was surrounded by white people and then they had their black friends. Like my grandparents had their black friends who would come in and out, you know? Yeah, that's a little bit similar to me because my dad went to jail when I was five and then we moved to the States when I was 10. So I went from being in a in a predominantly black um, area because St. Croix, it's predominantly black, to then moving to St. Augustine, Florida, which is like racist central. That was like a culture shock, but also like similar where I grew up a certain way and then that was like a total flip. Um, so I get that. And I, like I said, I think that that also, that attributes to me feeling like my lack of, my lack of knowledge is more of grief, is more, it hits me more like grief than it does um, anything else. Yeah, because I'm not, like, you know what's funny is, I, like, while I'm local, like, while, because I'm thinking, like, of teenage me, right? Teenage me. You know, 14, 15 me, who was made fun of by Black kids. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. For talking white or acting white, quote, unquote. Um, I'm not, as an adult, I'm not mad at them. I feel bad for all of us at that age. Because yeah, especially because now we know that like there is no such thing as talking white. It's really an insult. Yeah, it really is. And it's like I mean, it was it was used as an insult to make you feel like you were uppity or that you thought you were better than other people. But really it was an it was an insult in the sense of like that it was a white thing when right. anyone Anyone, anyone can talk white. I, and, and you know what's funny is that like, I feel, I feel bad for them because they didn't grow up um, with a different other, with other people. You know what I mean? Like with other, with other kinds of people because they only surrounded themselves with certain people, like, you know, people who were like them and with me most of my friends weren't any of them were never like each other yeah I mean we don't always have we don't we don't always get to pick you know what environment we're in case in point but I think that there's so much like in terms of that like that is just another thing that we 
as we as we're older and we're teaching the next generation that that's like I'm not I'm going to say it's like a curse that can be broken but I understand that like saying let someone talk twice is not a curse but you you get what I'm saying but like it's a curse that can be broken to say that is not talking white isn't talking white just another way of talking and it doesn't make you any better or worse than the person next to you it's rooted in white supremacy because Black people weren't allowed to learn how to read or write. Therefore, the way that they spoke was quote unquote broken. But like, I love when I'm in a room full of Black people and like, we're just talking and there's like not this pressure to be like, yes, so today I went to, you know, like there's not this pressure. We just speak how we want to speak. And if it's not proper grammar, like who who the fuck cares? You know what I mean? I mean like, like, let's be real. Let's be honest because it would, it's funny. It's funny. Like, first of all, like when you said curse, my brain thought of like, black is not a monolith. And I think a lot of us are taught that way. We are taught that if we don't fit into this mold, then we are not black, right? Um, and it's funny because like nobody, everybody fits into a different form of blackness. Like I'm already reminded, like there are black people who are cowboys. Right. You know what I mean? And like, I I didn't see no cowboys in a movie when I was growing up. I didn't see no black cowboys in a movie when I was growing up. There are black people who, you know, a rock comes from black people. And I, a lot of people don't realize that Chuck Berry was a rock legend and he was black. And so like, you know, we influence so many different cultures and we are so many different cultures. And it's like, it feels, it sucks that so many of us don't get to realize that until we're older. Right. Until we've been told, hey, you know, you are wonderful and you are beautiful and it doesn't matter what you look like. Um, And I feel like like, it feels so bad because like, you know me, I have no filters, right? And I remember like being so immersed in like, when I got, I used to get told that like, I talk like a white boy and I used to get mad. I used to curse people out because I'm like, stop trying to tell me who I'm not. Yeah. Yeah. No, I get that. It's just crazy. You know, like it's, it's crazy how all of those things are woven together and and how they impact your life and they shape who you are. And I think that one of the things that has, I've loved and I've hated the same time through this whole journey is just figuring out why the things the things I do or the things that I I think that are a root the root causes because I never saw someone like me doing those things as I was growing up Mm -hmm. and that's not necessarily related to me growing up in white spaces but I'm sure that that didn't help because let's be real a lot of us that are you know millennials I'll just use that term to kind of group us together didn't have a lot of images of us to look at growing up i'm gonna be real and you can take this with offense if you want i don't give a fuck i've already been canceled um the first time i ever saw someone who looks you know in a range of like what you look like was watching the grassy who liberty oh yeah 
That was the first time I ever saw like a black girl that looked like a nice blow up. So I'm not offended. Liberty's glow up. Oh my god! Oh my god! Look, Liberty's glow up was everything. And what pissed me off? What pissed me off? What pissed me off is that JT Lakers forever. Fuck Lakers for life. It is on site. It is on site. I can't even watch an episode of Degrassi without, like, once I like once I watch, like, one of the later versions, like, when they had Darcy come in, like, when they had, like, those Lakehurst kids there, my brain always went, like, fuck Lakehurst. I ain't watching this episode. <laughs> Did you spill something? I spilled White Claw on my laptop. Ah, oh, shit. Okay, we're gonna pause the recording. I'm recording. Alright, uh... For those of you who have no idea what just happened, like we just came back from a quick little break. Um, there were no sponsors, there were no ads. Uh, maybe just maybe there was an ad. I don't know. Um, again, it is fuck like her for life. But we are gonna fuck like her. I see your face. Fuck like her. Okay? <laughs> it is fuck like her. I'm fuck like her as well. All right, they took my man. They took my man. Also, so mad about Spinner and Emma just like getting married out of nowhere. That was not, I did not see that coming. That was like, a oh, our, our contracts are ending and we don't want to renew. So let's just bury them off and move on. Those were the last two people who I ever thought from that show would get married. We'll bring Degrassi back in like 10, 15 years and they'll be on the show and have babies and shit. I want to know what, I don't remember what happened with, um, with Ellie and Craig in the water. Like, I don't remember anything after that. Like, I remember they were in the water, and I don't remember if they, like, wrapped up their story there or whatever. Like, I'm going to have to, like, go back and watch that one. Yeah. Like, I, I need to know. Um, anyway, so, yeah, we are wrapping up Buck Lakehurst. So I have to ask you one quick question before you go. Okay. Why have you already been canceled? I mean, we could use a my most recent example of me going viral on social media. <laughs> you didn't go viral. You I, just... went, I went micro viral. That sounds disturbing. That sounds like something a doctor needs a shot for. Um, you, I mean, that was your own fault. It was, it was. Uh, any advice for anyone who, you know, decides to troll in the Yoni Box group? I mean, ultimately, don't post things on social media that you would be horrified if someone saw it. I'm not really horrified about it, but of all the things that I could go viral for, I feel like I would have liked it to be something else. Um, I'm more so so disturbed by the Black men that have been adding me on Facebook. Um, So, can we talk about why you got canceled? Or you want to leave that part out? No, you because, can talk, we can talk about it. All right. So for those of you who don't know, I'm not in this group for a, a lot of reasons. Number one, I don't have a Yoni. All right. <laughs> um, the group is called the Yoni Box, and it was what uh, TYB two or something like that. Because like this group, this group gets shut yeah. down at least what at least once but every. This is the fifth group that they've had because they keep getting shut down. Okay, so like after five groups, you keep getting shut down. All right, Mark Zuckerberger has shut you down multiple times, but you keep coming back up like a phoenix. I shall rise, my nigga. Yeah. And these people in this group posted 
something about um, the. They're asking, con- how long does it take your um, man to come from oral sex? And what? And you being a troll. Yes, you being I a troll. Trolling, I said, it depends on if I've brushed my teeth that week. So then someone came back and was like, what? And I was like, yeah. I was like, if you don't brush your teeth for like a week, uh, film develops on your teeth and your tongue and it um, allows it to like glide in and out better. And then- What did your mama say about you saying this shit? She she just gave me that- Your mama disappointed? She's giving me the look again. Like, I can't believe you. Did you disappoint your mama? Did I disappoint you? She said yes. So I just kind of kept going with it. They were like, oh, like, that, they started talking about bacteria. I was like, oh, I just drink grapefruit juice to keep the bacteria down. What the fuck? And, yeah. And then someone, know about that like, part. someone goes, oh, but you probably are going to give him a yeast infection. And I said, he's had two, but I just told him that they were from his wife. And so, like, I was just, like, rolling with it. And then one, one <laughs> somebody that I know in, that's in the group was like Marlena, actually two people stop trolling these people. So once once everybody realized that like I was joking, it just became like a funny, like funny thing. I didn't think anything of it because I was just like joking. Um so I got kicked out the group. I have no idea. Oh, you why. got kicked out. Oh, I, I know why you got kicked out. Got you incited out. some weirdness. But in the same token, someone in the group took screenshots of the conversation and posted it on their page and as of like 30 minutes ago it had 595 shares so that's from Wednesday so yeah so now I've had two people come in my inbox questioning me about it like I saw you one of your screenshots of like girl brush your teeth yes she was like super judgmental the other guy was like I just wanted to know if this was real and then I, every day I have like two black men that add me on, try to add me on Facebook. And I'm kind of like, so why are you adding me? Like, are you thinking that like, like, do you want to try this? Like, like what's happening? How often do you brush your teeth? I brush my teeth every day. Okay. So you brush them every day? Yes. Okay. So, so you are a troll. I like. I feel like you were trolling the. In- Look, girl, this is the same internet that went crazy over who was it? Was it Summer Walker who did the basketball? Yeah. You gotta remember this. Is the same internet, okay? I know. When the when the, the look, funny, when but the the funniest thing about all of this, then, is that I've gone through like because you can click on where it says like how many is shared and like see the people that have like shared it and what their like status was. So many people, even though my profile picture is me, they think I'm a white person, A, and then they're like, now I understand why she got that dog in her profile picture. Those are like the two common like things that get stated. What the fuck? What is the internet? What is the, what, what is, this is what you, you know what? You know, I've accepted my place in the world and the stuff that I put on the interwebs and let have like I feel like no one should be judged of their past on the mm-hmm. internet, but this your present. <laughs> it's not my present anymore. It's from London. No, but this is your present because this still happening. Uh uh-uh. uh, it's in the past. This is this is like this is like 
we're going to have to one day, somebody going to one day bring this up in their Facebook memory. But this is currently the present. This is when it's currently happening. When I'm famous, people are going to bring it up. I'm going to be like, I'm still a troll. I don't know if I want to be famous, but like, I remember when I was a kid, I used to dream of punching Ryan Seacrest and then taking his job. <laughs> so maybe I do want to be famous. I don't know. But I don't want to punch Ryan Seacrest. I'm putting that out there now. I'm an adult. Okay. That's good to know. We don't punch people out of nowhere. I'm sure we can find a reason for him to deserve it. I'm not agreeing or disagreeing on all this. Never asked for this. Never will. So now we're going to wrap up because <laughs> this is going on too long. Um, any social people should follow you on? Um, you can follow me on Instagram or Twitter, underscore Marlena. And the uh is four A's. Okay. Okay. Um, I am, I'm, I don't really have any socials yet for this. I just kind of, I mean, I, oh yeah, the group. I made the group, but like, I'm keeping that private right now. Oh. <laughs> I don't, because I'm afraid. I'm afraid. And like, I've heard people's stories of running groups on Facebook and I'm like, I don't know if I got that kind of patience right now. So I'm going to let that be. But I'm going to let you go. Thank you for joining me. And I'm going to tell people that I've been canceled already. 